Let's just turn in our Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I'm going to be reading from verse 1 to 7. We have talked about this before, and it's nothing really new. You might say, well, this is common sense. Isn't it amazing how often common sense deludes us human beings? Amen. Anyway, I'm going to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. To everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Well, last week I was teaching on the subject of wisdom, and we're just continuing with that subject. Like I was saying then, everybody makes New Year's resolutions, and we all have big plans for the year ahead, etc., etc., well, the truth of the matter is God wants to bless us. Can you all say amen? amen? We don't have to beg God, oh God, may you bless us this year. He always wants to bless. The question is not whether God wants to bless us. The question is how are we going to perform as it were. Because you see, if we don't put ourselves in a place where God can bless us, he can't. Amen. What we've got to learn is how to put ourselves in a position where God can bless us. Amen. And one of the big uh, sort of secrets to that, though it's not secret, is to act in wisdom. If you and I are wise, we can expect God to bless what we do. All right. Now that's all very good and well, but what is wisdom? Wisdom very simply is knowing what the truth is, knowing what God wants. Amen. But not only that, wisdom is putting what God wants, the truth, into practice in the right way. Amen? You can know the truth, but if you don't know how to apply that truth, you know better off. You understand? You might know that the truth is a car is designed to get you from A to B, but if you don't know how to drive it, you might just as well not have it. Amen? In fact, <laughs> if you have a car and you don't know how to drive it, you might cause an accident and do a lot of damage, you see. And that's the truth. When you and I know the truth, the Bible in the wrong hands can do more damage than people who don't have the Bible. Did you know that? It's happened through history. Why? Because it's been applied incorrectly. So you see, wisdom is knowing what to do, yes, but knowing how to go about it. Has everybody got that? Amen. When somebody says the word wisdom to you, you don't think of some fat guru sitting under a pineapple tree, his hands outstretched, going, Aum, Aum, Aum. Amen? 
That's not wisdom. That's actually stupidity, all right? Wisdom sits in your Bible, in the shelf, all right? But now you see, God tells us how to put things into practice. Not what is his will, but how to go about it. And that's what we need to know. So you see, if you now want to be guaranteed success in the year that lies ahead, we just need to know what God wants us to do and how to go about it. Everybody with me so far, right? This is not rocket science. Amen. We don't have to complicate the kingdom of heaven with theology. It's basic common sense to a large extent. Amen. Sanctified common sense. Let me put it that way. Horse sense. Sanctified horse sense. Now, part of wisdom, remember we said last week that wisdom is a process. It's not just a sudden bolt from the blue. It can be in the form of a gift of wisdom. You're confronted with a situation at work and you say, Father God, what must I do? And God says, well, do this. Amen. That's a gift of wisdom. But God doesn't want us to go around waiting for him to say, turn right, turn left, buy that brand of toothpaste, two sugars, not one. You understand? There's a wisdom that we imbibe and we live day to day wisdom. Has everybody got that as well? Right, so we need to learn how to live in day-to-day wisdom with instructions from the Word of God, of course, led by the Holy Spirit. But this wisdom, this living in wisdom, is a process, and we need to learn the process. What do I mean by a process? A process is like baking a cake. There are certain things that have to happen, amen, but they have to come in a certain order. You're supposed to do things in a certain order, then it'll work out right. You don't put all the ingredients in the stove, set it on the temperature, and then bring it out, then mix it. Hello, what sort of cake are you going to get then? It won't be a cake. A horrible, soggy mess. But anyway, you've got to use wisdom. And you see, one of the biggest ingredients in wisdom, which we're going to talk about this morning, is timing. Amen? Timing. Timing. We need to learn how to get our timing right. Get the time right. Now you see, with wisdom, it's one thing knowing what to do. It's another thing knowing how to do it. But just as important is knowing when to do it. Has everybody got that? You might not know what to do, then you're nonplussed anyway. But you might know exactly what you've got to do. You might have heard from God, start a business. Amen. You might have heard from God, you need to get married. Amen. You might have heard from God, you need to have an operation, or you need to change jobs, or you need to move to another city, or you need to do a whole lot of things. You might know God wants you to move. Does that mean the moment you know that God wants you to move, pack and you go? I've got to get married. Okay, the first guy, I'll marry him. (laughs) It's the right thing, but you're going about it wrong. And that will cause catastrophe. Amen? Now guess who knows this very well? The enemy of your and my soul. Did you know that? He knows this better than most jolly Christians. Not us, hopefully, after this message. So what's his technique? You see, like I always say, he's a creeper. Do you know what I mean by a creeper? He comes always looking good. You need a new job. Amen. Like, he comes to me quite often and says, Graham, 
you need to set up a ministry on Clifton Beach in the Cape. Yay, Lord. <laughs> Notice, ministry. You get it? Now, you see, the thing about the devil is you might know, you might realize God wants you to do something, all right? He might realize God wants you to go into the ministry. Did you know that? So the devil realizes he's not going to stop you from going because it's in your heart. It's going to happen. What's his next trick? To get you to do it at the wrong time. Because if you and I go into something at the wrong time, it will fail. Amen? This is not too hard. Now, let me just explain it. He always uses fear. Right? God uses faith. The devil uses fear. Okay? But he disguises that fear with like a facade. Now, let me explain it this way, as I've said before. Getting the timing right is, okay, let me explain it this way. They send rockets into space, as you know. Now, the big obstacle to sending a rocket into space is a thing called gravity. Because the Earth is very, very jealous. It wants to chups everything for itself. So it's hard to get out of the Earth's gravitational pull. That's difficult enough. However, once you've gone into space, the next challenge is to get back, okay? Because it's no good sending humans off into space and saying, bye. The danger of coming back is this. The projectile or the spacecraft goes into orbit, as we all know. And what's got to happen is at a certain stage, it's got to slow down just enough for the Earth's gravity to bring it back to Earth, right? It drops out of space, basically. But there's a challenge here because if the spacecraft keeps going too fast, what can happen is it can bounce literally off the Earth's atmosphere. If that happens, in other words, it's waited too long and then it bounces off. Goodbye. That's the challenge. The other challenge is if it comes in too quickly, what happens? The gravitational and the resistance is so much it burns the aircraft up. So the scientists, the aerodynamics people have got to make sure there's this time frame, there's a window for this projectile to slow down and to come into the Earth's atmosphere. Just enough for it to handle the resistance. So it won't burn up, even though there's a lot of smoke and fire. Metal gets burnt off in that entry. It's a very traumatic thing. Or not to keep it too late, so it bounces off. Now, in the Greek language, there's two words for time. Two words for time. Very simply, the one is time as a commodity. Chronos. We've all got time. Okay, we've all got a certain amount of time. It's a commodity very valuable commodity that you and I have a certain amount of. That's time in the sense of a commodity. However, the other word for time is an appointed time. Can you see that? Christ came at an, an appointed time. Now, with every activity of God, like the scripture was saying, there's a time. There's a time to fight, believe it or not. But there's a time for peace. Where we humans get it wrong is we want to fight when there's no need to fight or we remain passive when it is time to actually stand up and fight. The fighting in itself is not wrong necessarily, but the timing is critical. 
I love this one. There's a time to keep, hoard, <laughs> and a time to chuck out. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. The time to chuck out our battle with the chucking out. However, you don't want to chuck something out and later on, oh my soul, I need the thing. The other side of the coin, you don't want to sit with cupboards and boxes and drawers and garages and rooms and your whole world gets increasingly more constricted because of what? Junk. Clutter. We have to make decisions. I think that's the big issue. But now listen. With events that take place in our lives, ones that we have control over, like a new job or moving or any situation, remember, what's the enemy's tactic? If he can't get you to do the wrong thing and you're going to do the right thing, what will he try to do? Get you to either do it too soon. Now, what is causing you and I to do things too soon? Is based in fear, but let me tell you what it's called, impatience. Amen? The Bible in Proverbs warns on more than one occasion about being hasty. The world system wants to pressurize you into being hasty. You know the advertising technique? While stocks last. Buy this junk at three times the price while we've still got it to give away. (laughs) This offer closes at midnight. So take it now. What's behind that? Fear that we might lose out. Am I right? Fear that we might just lose out. Get married now. Why? Fear that you'll be left on the shelf. It's fear, is it not? That's the enemy's technique all the time. To get you and I to get it now. I want it all. I want it now. It's the song, isn't it? What a horrible song to teach your kids. I want it all. I want it now. Is that a recipe for success? I want it all and I want it now. That's our world system, is it not? Who's behind that? The enemy pressurizing people to do things too soon. You rush into stuff and what happens? You live to regret it. Not that what you've got into is a bad thing necessarily. It's very important this can save us a lot of heartache in our lives. We can just grasp this principle that wisdom does the right thing the right way at the right time. That window of opportunity. Amen? That window. We've got to know when it's coming up, be ready for it, and take it at the right time. Don't I just say a lot of people get married, they're not ready for it. Did you know that? Cause a lot of damage. They're not ready for it. We had a couple in the church, I'll just be honest with you, there wasn't a couple, it was the husband came. He was divorced already with three children. Three little girls came bumbling into the church and he explained that they got married. And what happened is they had one marriage counseling session, one. And the thinking was, well, he's a Christian, I'm a Christian, so it must be fine. Hallelujah. The person who married them, who gave them counseling, young guy, never been married in his life, had no cooking clue. And I look at the situation, I thought, you know what, this is tragic, because what happened? They weren't really ready for it, actually, if I think back. I could see that. There had to be some sort of process involved. It's just common sense, really. But what is the enemy's technique? Get it done. Get it done now. Get it done now, you see. You might never have another chance. Now listen, 
There are occasions when you and I have to act quickly because that's an opportunity comes and God says, go for it now. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit in these things. But generally speaking, generally speaking, the big decisions of life, don't be too hasty. Amen? Don't be too hasty. Make the right decision, go about it the right way, and be careful that you do it at the right time. Amen? But now you see, what's the other side of the coin? Once again, fear operating. The person knows he's got to do something. But guess what? The one side of the coin is impatience. That's something you and I have got to deal with in our lives. It needs to have no place. Impatience has caused more damage than many things you and I will ever know. But what's the other side of the coin? Let me tell you what it is. Procrastination. Amen? What is procrastination? Because you're scared to make a decision, what do we do? Put it off. That's probably the reason why there's so much clutter in some of my drawers. I don't want to make the decision. It's effort. Do I need it or don't I? You see? It's effort. The Bible speaks about the man who turns on his bed and saying, there's a lion in the street. If I get out there, I'll get bitten. I'll get eaten. Now, it doesn't say that there is a lion in the street. What's he worried about? Fear that there might be. Do you see? And very often people put off decisions because of, guess what? Fear. Procrastination. God calls people into the ministry. Amen? Calls them into the ministry. And what is the favorite phrase? One day. Have you heard that? One day. Great vision from God of great ministry opportunity. And you see it and you think, wow, that's wonderful. Thank you, Lord. But then what happens? I'm quite comfortable doing what I'm doing here. You know. But one day, you know what happens? One day never comes. And what happens, you see, is life happens. Life moves on. And what happens to that window of opportunity? It does close. The energy that you would need to have to do that work is no longer in you. And we become so settled and comfortable in our ways. Guess what? Fear. Fear. The biggest challenge to greatness is mediocrity. Did you know that? The biggest challenge is not disaster, but it's mediocrity. Living at a level where everything's just comfortable. So, please, it's not as if, you know, we've got to be worried, oh, we'll miss it. No, no, no. There's wisdom in all of this. It is wisdom. We need to know what God wants us to do. We need to have an idea of exactly what he's called us to do. And if we're not sure, don't worry. If you want to find out, God will show you. Take the necessary steps to find out. By being in church, you are here. We teach about these things. It's a positive step in the right direction. God doesn't expect you and I just going along and suddenly just to move into something completely different. It did happen with his disciples. Yes, they were busy fishing. He came and said to them, follow me, and they followed him. But guess who he was? He was the Messiah. Now, with all due respect, we have the duty to change the world around us, but not, none of us here are the Messiah. <laughs> and God's got plans for us, and God wants those plans to take place. But for those plans to take place, what have we got to exercise? 
wisdom, you see. You've got to know about them and you've got to know there's a perfect way of going about it, of moving from one level to the next. And very critical to this whole process is timing, knowing when. And you see, the key is to not act too hastily, not to go run out and do things. On the other hand, not to wait too long. Amen? There's a sweet spot, so to speak. And I'll just share this illustration, which comes from my own life, because I was teaching at one stage. For one reason or another, I found myself in a high school teaching. History of all things, can you believe it? But anyway, I spent four good years there, enjoyed every minute of it. It was hell, but I enjoyed it. How do you work that together? You have to be a teacher to understand. But the point is, the time came where I knew God wanted me to move on. Amen? I knew that it was time to go. As soon as I discerned that, did I go to the headmaster? I would have loved this. Thank you for your job, but I would have loved that. But God said, oh, no, you don't. And I'll be honest with you. What I did is I prayed about it. I knew, now please, this is my point. I knew I had to go. Amen. In my spirit, I knew it was time to move on. I was not called forever in a day to be a high school teacher. I knew that. There was a calling on my life beyond that. Not that that's not important, but it wasn't for me to do. Okay? And I went and every day I would walk around the pool and pray in the Holy Spirit. Praying for wisdom. Praying for God to show me. And slowly but surely it began to emerge in my heart. And what God actually said to me made a lot of sense. When I heard it from him, it resonated with my nature. Resonated with my spirit. And what he was saying to me is, you are teaching young people that are in matric. This is the last part of their school year. You mean a lot to them. They need you. You can't just up and leave them. Does that make sense? You see, God thinks about the overall situation. Amen. And with God, it's always win-win. It's always win-win. All right. So his word to me was, wait it out till the end of the year. When this group of students has finished their matric, you're over with them. That's the time to move on. And when that came into my heart, as much as I wanted to leave with immediate effect, anybody felt like that before? You feel like leaving with immediate effect. But you see, what would that have been? The wrong time. However, the other side of the coin is if I'd said, well, you know, I'm quite comfortable here. At least I'm getting a salary at the end of each month. Not that it amounted to a hill of beans, but it was better than some beans is better than nothing. I could have easily fallen into that little comfort zone and said, okay, I know I've got to go, but maybe next year or I'll think about it. What would have happened? I'd still be there, still be being abused day in, day out, overworked, underpaid, insulted, glory to God. Hallelujah. Timing. Has everybody learned something from this? Very important going forward, all right? You might not be in a position where you're about to move or big life-changing decisions, 
but they do come up from time to time. Amen? And even in the smaller things, this is really important. I need to get a new vacuum cleaner. I need to get a new stove. I need to get a new this. I need to do that. I need to go on holiday. It's all good. What's important? The way we go about it and also the when. The when. My prayer is that we will be wise people. Amen. People that do not fall into the trap. And please, if you look back in your life, and we've done this, where you feel, you know what, I've messed up. We've all done that. We started a church at a stage, I don't think we should have started it. My point is that even though we might get it wrong on occasions, that doesn't mean God's finished with us. Please understand, God does not have plan B. Did you know that? God does not have plan B, whatever has happened to you in my life. Because what? If we have the right attitude, let me tell you, he turns plan B into plan A. So we made a mistake. Perhaps we took the plunge. At least we took the plunge, did we not? We learned from that experience more than we would have ever learned at any Bible college in any part of the world. Amen? Experiential knowledge about the kingdom of heaven and church. So maybe it wasn't perfect. But what did we do? Brush ourselves off? No sense, no feeling. Amen? <laughs> All right. Listen, whatever you've done, if it's been wrong, doesn't matter. God can always build it into the future if we have the right attitude. So we might have made that mistake. Call it training experience if you learn from it. See, nothing goes to waste with God. Nothing. If we have the right attitude, that's really important. If we have the attitude, I've messed up, it's over. That's happened. A lot of people have made big mistakes and they've been broken by them. And they've never, ever recovered from it. See, we can't be people like that. Come back stronger and you build it into the future, you see. When I look back to that decision when we started the church the first time, if I had to think back, you know what? I would do it exactly the same. Why? Because otherwise you're waiting for what? Everything perfect to line up before you do something. Let me tell you, that's another strategy of the devil. Making you and I wait for perfection before we act. Forget about it. Our esteemed rugby trainer, Rassi Erasmus, said to his players, the greatest victories are won in circumstances that are not ideal. That's wisdom from above, let me tell you. Victories are won in circumstances that are never, ever ideal. That's the trick of the devil, making you and I wait for the ideal circumstance, you see, for the ship to come in. Then we will go. Another big mistake. You're waiting your whole life for the ship to come in and then your ship goes out. Hallelujah. And you're done for. Praise God. May we be wise people, Heavenly Father. May we make the right choices. May we hear from your throne of grace. May you direct our steps aright. Thank you for the future that every one of us faces. We pray, Lord, for your blessing on our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that that blessing will come upon us as we align ourselves with your great wisdom, O oh Lord knowing your truth in our hearts and putting things into practice in the right way, with the right heart and at the right time. Bless us in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen.